to me the loom is a musical instrument on which the weavers play you know when they pass the shuttles it goes and then when they pull you know they want to pull that uh, wooden plank down so that the warp mingles with the web it goes and then when they pedal that's a different thing so there's almost a tal to it This is a limited series podcast brought to you by Asian Paints Royal Play. Their latest collection Tana Bana is a range of wall textures inspired by India's rich heritage of handicrafts and weaves. We want to bring to you the beauty of these art forms, the stories of their origins, their color, their scent, and the euphonious sounds of the looms, all in the hope that someday these wall textures bring color to your life and home. My name is Rishi K and you're listening to Tana Bana. Located on the Coromandel coast of the Bay of Bengal, Chennai, earlier known as Madras, shares its name with a fabric that made a unique place for itself in different cultures across the world seen most commonly on lungis and shirts in india the humble madras checks fabric at one point was known as just madras named after the port from where it was exported the fabric is also known by several other names let's hear from sabita radhakrishna who is a writer former broadcaster and textile revivalist based in chennai it's called the uh real madras handkerchief or it is called george cloth it's called guinea cloth and it's also called bleeding madras and the foreigners used to always refer to it as just madras and uh, do you know it's woven in 6040s handloom this colorful fabric and the 6040s means that the fabric was originally quite thick not not so fine or soft it's thick 6040s is thick and it's uh, essentially a plaid and it's uh, got variations of course in uh, stripes checks or solid squares and essentially the main colors are red blue and white the british merchants coined the word rnhk which is real madras handkerchief and you know it is uh, about um, 8 meters long and 36 inches wide and they were poles of fabric and these could be cut into three square kerchiefs so you know what i mean because uh, instead of selling it as a bolt of fabric they were cut into handkerchiefs kerchiefs given its popularity several imitations from japan switzerland and korea had started flooding the markets and so the prefix real was added as a mark of its authenticity So it is also believed that this was uh, a ploy that helped the exporters uh, to evade taxes because the bales of fabric exported taxes whereas the handkerchiefs didn't and so that is how they reached uh, London 
According to legends, the plaids exported from Madras were inspired by the Scottish tartan plaids, following the tartan craze sparked by King George IV's visit to Scotland in 1822. But hundreds of years before the British arrived in India, the fabric existed in Andhra Pradesh and Madras, where it was used as a ritual cloth for wiping the face of deities. Even Arab merchants who traded on the Coromandel coast were so fascinated by the RMHK that in the 15th century, the most popular item to be traded was the checkered scarf used by Hajj pilgrims. Around the same time, the fabric also travelled to West Africa and from there to the Caribbean, and it remains an integral part of the culture of these regions to this day. It was as early as the 15th century that uh, this wonderful uh, material travelled. The plate cloth went into West Africa and uh, do you know it became a totemic symbol and it was a commodity which was very 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 popular among the Kalabari tribes in the Niger Delta. And uh, I should also add this, that uh, Madras checks arrived in the area as early as uh, 1400. And uh, this was through the Portuguese maritime trade routes. For over 400 years, the Kalabari, they were actually a small uh, group of uh, Ijo ethnic people. And they were actually trading in the real Madras handkerchief. And uh, the community, uh, you must uh, understand, was fused as it were with Indian textiles. And it's in both daily and ceremonial life. They consider it actually as a symbol for a person's journey from the womb to the vault of family and community. And then out again into the embrace of this world, beyond his life. The Kalabaris call the fabric Injri, meaning that which is from India. The father of the newborn gifts his wife a piece of Injri for having carried his baby. In the 18th and 19th centuries, it even became a part of bridal couture, with brides in Ghana tailoring their wedding gowns in the Madras checks fabric. It is also part of funeral ceremonies, where the funeral bed is decorated with the Madras checks fabric. And the larger the quantities of the cloth, the greater the honour ascribed to the deceased. The fabric is preserved for generations and lent to relatives. The age of the cloth, its type, are symbols of family status. The fabric was also a mainstay of elite prep schools and their culture in the US in the early 1900s. And in the late 1950s, William Jacobson, an American textile exporter, struck a dollar-a-yard deal with late Captain C.P. Nair to buy 10,000 yards of cloth. Even as a child when I was growing up, what fascinated me was, uh, I kept hearing this word, bleeding madras. I used to say, what is this about bleeding madras? So the peculiarity of RMHK through the years is the bleeding colours. Although Nair had warned Jacobson that the cloth must be washed gently with cold water, the instruction never reached Jacobson's customers. Soon he started receiving complaints from angry customers and that is when he hired David Ogilvy, who turned the fabric's flaw into its USP with an advertiser campaign titled Guaranteed to Bleed. And just like that, the bleeding colours became a marker of the fabric's authenticity. See, it is mainly the warp. The warp is dyed with indigo. And uh, for yellow, they used to use turmeric, which is again a natural dye. 
then an indigo base with turmeric gives a green so this color ran on to the weft when soaked in water and it created new shades and solid colors to give the garment a totally different look and each time it was washed it looked different but it didn't look faded or as if you know the dyes have run and you need to discard it so it was like with every wash you were wearing a new uh, garment so this is something which uh, fascinated me and excited me the bleeding nature of the fabric however did not remain a necessity for its demand and it began to be produced in color fast chemical dyes the demand for madras checks in america declined by the 80s as did demand from nigeria after the 1976 trade ban which was followed by a huge import tax that along with the imitation of the handloomed fabric on power looms and the lack of local demand for it in india are the main reasons for its decline During the heydays of the fabric, Chirala, a coastal town in Prakasam district of Andhra Pradesh, was well known for the production of the Madras checks fabric. The town gets its name from the Telugu word for sarees, chira, and the entire Chirala belt is well known since time immemorial for its weaving skills. At one point, the weavers of the town were even known to produce a transparent saree that could be folded and fit into a matchbox. It is no surprise then that Italian traveler Marco Polo was in awe of the unmatched skills of the weavers here. And so we travelled to Chirla to meet Boddu Subramaniam, who is the only remaining master weaver of Madras checks. I was born and brought up in a family of weavers. I was 11 when my mother started teaching me the craft of weaving cloth. I'm grateful to have learned from my mother because whenever I made mistakes such as breaking threads while weaving on the loom my mother would guide me gently and give me practical insights that helped me perfect my craft I'm really proud of our ancestral occupation Subramaniam worked with Madras checks for 3 decades and is extremely proud of having woven a fabric that was exported to the US and was part of the culture of tribes in Africa where it took on vibrant hues and those are Subramaniam's favorite color combinations a rose mixed with navy blue cream and white or parrot green with yellow and german blue but learning to work with multiple colors is complex and is not made for beginners At first, I learned to weave plain fabric. And then, I moved on to weaving checkered fabric in multiple colors. To do this, I had to learn how to use multiple shuttles. Weavers need to be extremely cautious when they weave checks of multiple colors on the loom. Although Subramaniam no longer weaves the Madras checks fabric, he keeps the song of the loom alive by weaving plain sarees in cotton and silk. You're listening to Tana Bana and I'm your host Rishi K and you can bring home the legacy of Madras checks as a texture on your wall in a range of colors with Tana Bana by Asian Paints Royal Play 
a first-of-its-kind range of wall textures inspired by Indian handicrafts and weaves. Click on the link in the show notes or SMS PLAY to 56161 to know more. In the final episode of this podcast, we bring you the playfulness and the joy of pom-poms. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.